Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. And I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons from cavernous canyons to clever carpenters. And today we're revisiting Chromatic Dragons. It's, it's less of a revisit and more of a let's talk about other ones kind of deal. Because <laughs> we already talked about the, the major five. I mean, we are revisiting the topic. That's Chromatic true. dragons. Fair enough. So in our first dragon episode, Brian, we talked about uh, the five major chromatic dragons, black, blue, green, red, and white. Mm-hmm. Um, and I alluded at the time that there were other chromatics that we would speak of some other day. Yeah. That um, day is today. You, you guys know about rainbows. Lots of colors in those bad boys. Indeed, it's true. Same with dragons. Dragons <laughs> are like rainbows. You heard it here. So today we're going to cover brown dragons, purple dragons, gray dragons, orange dragons, and yellow dragons. Okay. Uh, these five are far less covered than the, the major uh, five in all the various D&D source books. And also far less is known about them, mostly because far less is written about them. Um, in world, the lack of knowledge about these five is kind of explained as these five are much rarer and they also don't necessarily exist in any given setting. For For example... Um, I believe in Forgotten Realms, purples, grays, and browns exist, but I do not think yellows and oranges are a thing. There's a fucking townsfolk like, I saw a purple dragon, and they're like, no, you didn't, Todd, it doesn't exist. (laughs) Those aren't real. Well, that's actually, it's funny that you say that, especially about purple dragons, is they do exist in Forgotten Realms, but that exact scenario is kind of like the common thing with them. They, They live in the Underdark. And most common folk don't know about them. So if oh. someone did see that and said that, the villagers wouldn't believe them because of exactly that reason. <laughs> are, are they? Uh, should we talk more about purples now? Or uh, if you got a question, go ahead and ask me. But we'll get the purples. So underdark dragons. Yeah. Like, what's that all about? Because like, you would think something with wings would want to like fly um, and have space true. to fly. Is there a big cavern? I'm sure there is a big cavern, um, but is it big enough for them to fly around? We'll talk in? more about it when we get to purple dragons, but yes, there's plenty of space for them to fly, but these but purples are less in the underdark. In the underdark. What the fuck? Like the underdark has caves that are really compact and like 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 actual world spelunking would be. But like the thing about the underdark is it's like a separate world with huge caverns. It has full oceans in it. Oh, I guess I yeah. mean yeah, like so I'm picturing it is a cavern, one big cavern, but yeah. it's like very tall ceilings. Exactly. Cathedral style. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, but we'll get to purple dragons and how they exist in their environment. But, um, but yeah, so, okay. So back to the, just the general five dragons we're talking about today. Another thing to be said about them is that although they are commonly connected to Tiamat mm-hmm. and generally all five of the dragons we're going to talk about today are generally evil as fuck. 
Uh, these five are not Tiamat's children, which is why she doesn't like have one of their heads on her body. It's like there's another god that looks like Tiamat, but they use like all the leftover crayons <laughs> to color it in. Well, there's there's a couple explanations. Uh, some say that these dragons were created by other dragon gods because there are other dragon gods. Okay. Um, there was one really cool theory I read in uh, the Dragon Compendium Volume 1 from 3rd Edition that said at some point Tiamat and Bahamut had a sister who okay. no one remembers the name of because Tiamat fucking ate her. <laughs> and uh, and also led kind of an extermination war on her sister's children, which would be the five that we're talking about today, which is why they're so much rarer because there's just way less of them because Tiamat's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's she's purging the like unworthy normal colored dragons. That's yeah, normal colored that's dragons. One of the theories there, but that doesn't actually follow like Forgotten Realms lore where Tiamat actually does adopt the gray dragons into her own, but we'll get oh, to okay. that. So let's get into it. Brown dragons. We're starting with browns today. Why? Because I think they're cool and also because alphabetically they come first. B is for brown. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. So brown dragons are also known as great desert dragons. Um, they're ferocious oh, hunters that dwell in the sandy deserts. Um, they have a... Okay, so all the dragons that we're going to talk about today have really unique looks. They don't look like traditional dragons a lot of the time. So... This yeah. dragon looks like a sand gecko because I was picturing like brown, mm, like no. a brown crayon. And now I'm picturing like, oh, a desert dragon. That's kind of <clears> cool. Those browns are nice. Those browns are nice. So it's, yeah, like a golden, dusty brown. Mm. Um, but yeah, so all these dragons look weird. So let me explain the the brown dragon to you. It's um, they have leathery brown scales, uh, clawed feet, but they're also webbed feet. Um okay which we'll get into why in a minute. Um, they have these long jaws that are covered in like spines, like almost like an alligator long, but not quite. And they're just covered in spines. But most notably, the weirdest thing about the way brown dragons look is their wings. They're like, uh, they're okay. So they're not really wings. Like basically a picture like long, long bony spines kind of like lining both sides of their their back all the way down to the tail and each spine is connected by a um like a leathery membrane so they're kind of like wings but they're more like giant fins they're like big sails yeah like so big like a dinosaur fins yeah like, like a, a dinosaur there like we the go ones, that's a good uh, what, one. I, stegosaurus has like spikes up its back maybe i'm thinking of like there's the like spinosaurus which i'm not sure if it's an actually a real dinosaur if that's just jurassic it park it is no it is a real dinosaur and it is somewhat similar to that but a little bit more pointy <laughs> sure like exaggerated with the yeah, fins and exactly. it's got two on its back like down yeah, like two. shoulder blades almost exactly okay exactly. I got you. and it uses these along with the the kind of webbed hands to uh basically they swim through the sand like the they're fucking, like sand sharks they're the like garchomp Mahulda, they're garchomp what yeah. the, what's that bad guy in breath of the wild um Madul, i don't know Madulha. it's like a big sand shark sand whale oh really yeah it'll oh. murk you oh yeah i do know what you're talking about yeah in the gerudo desert <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it, it will, will murk you it unless you just you. keep throwing bombs yeah shoot it with bomb arrow <laughs> yeah there you win go the game um but i was i was gonna say they're basically uh garchomp for pokemon nice anyways oh yeah. that's sick so, so sand shark dragon basically nice okay so these dragons have a reputation for being uh incredibly fierce hunters but they're at the same time, really infamous for being legendarily lazy and gluttonous. Okay. So when it comes really to... really leaning into the chilling on the horde bit. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to accomplishing their goals, they almost always take the path of least resistance every single time. So like... <laughs> Uh, one of the examples that's given is like, why raid the human fortress over there when there's a nice herd of camels right over there? Right, like, sure. Like, I just want to eat. Like, fuck it. <laughs> so there, there. That's that's the general mentality around dragons. It's do like, I why really, work harder than you need to? Do I really need gold? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, even though like browns are generally noted to be evil monsters, strangely they're also quite easygoing. Sure. Okay. <laughs> they're evil when it's convenient for them. Yeah. So. To go along with this kind of langorious disposition, Browns have an obsession with eating well and eating often. Okay. Um, now, some sources say that they like to eat minerals rather than meat, but most sources say, no, they're carnivorous and they like to eat a, as many different types of food as they can. So, okay. So they're um, into pica. They, well, they could be, they, but generally speaking, they're not. Well, probably both. <laughs> I mean, like sometimes you need your digestive system to experience some different stuff. You I mean, know? yeah, really a, lot, help with that. a lot of animals in real life actually eat rocks for the minerals. So, yeah. like, I wouldn't be surprised if dragons it's did a that. Brown too. dragon for different reason. So, like, so browns prize unusual morsels and new flavor flavors higher than any treasure that you can find in their hoard. 
Um, and their desire to attain these new things to eat is often the only motivational force that can actually get them off their asses to nice. do something. So, <laughs> uh, the most elaborate schemes and risky endeavors that a brand will take is usually in pursuit of exotic cuisine. Nice. Okay. So they're lazy, but they love to eat. They spend their days in their hoard watching MasterChef on Netflix or Hulu or whatever it is. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. <laughs> in Hell's Kitchen. In Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> so, um, so let's talk a little bit about like what makes browns different like ability wise so okay brown dragons have two major abilities that separate them from others of their kind um number one is the burrowing through the sand like we talked about they can burrow through both sand and stone at amazing speeds uh matched only by the land sharks called bulettes uh, okay. we haven't really talked about them nope they're a D, D monster they're land sharks they're called bulettes or obulets i'm not sure how you actually pronounce it but okay. we'll talk about them one day all right i'll know how to pronounce them when we do their episode nice so the second thing that separates brown dragons from the rest of uh, dragon kind is their breath weapon is a cone of motherfucking sand. <laughs> oh, that's super so, cool. Yeah, they breathe sand that strikes its target like like a like a sandstorm. Yeah, so this yeah. is just like like sand equals water. To this, right. Like, now there are some additions that say they breathe acid like a like um like a black dragon. Okay. But um, it was like half and half, and I think sand is way more flavorful and cool. So yeah, they breathe sand. <laughs> yeah. Also, it'll do um, what ten percent damage every turn that goes by. Of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Unless you're Tyranitar, then yeah, you're, you're good. You're, if you're a rock type, you're okay. So uh, they tend to make their layers in ancient lost ruins or elaborate tunnels beneath desert sands. Um, they often find themselves in enmity with uh, brass dragons, also blue dragons, because these dragons uh, share the same territory of deserts. So, oh yeah, yeah. Um, now, I think blues probably fuck with them less just because, see, I'm going with Pokemon ma uh, type matching. And I'm like, lightning does nothing to ground types. So obviously <laughs> blue dragons wouldn't do anything. You've been Nuzlocke yeah. too hard. I know I have. But um, but the book stated specifically that brown dragons come into clash with brass dragons rather than, than blue dragons. So okay. maybe it's because they're both evil, so they just leave each other alone. But you know, Yeah, like, and like the brown dragon doesn't have any like up and go to get in the way of the blue dragon like whatever the blue dragon's planning is proactive and the brown dragon's just chilling that's true also blue dragons are way more powerful than brown dragons so i think if blue dragon moves into town brown dragon's just fucking leaving yeah like okay. he's not fucking is it like two to one you think um power scaling i'm see here's the thing like when it comes to the power scaling of the original five it's very blatant these dragons don't actually there is no actual monster set for these dragons which okay. is why it's taken us so long to get to them because I was really hoping Wizards was going to finally come out with more dragon stuff so we would actually get these in like stat form. Okay. But we it just never happened. So I don't actually know where these dragons rank. So when we're talking about like the brown dragon sand swim speed, we're ballparking it. We're like talking yeah, about Yeah, like, I'm talking just lore wise. I, I have no actual 5e stats for these. Okay, boys. I was wondering why it didn't come up. I was going to ask, but I thought maybe it would come yeah, up later. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about like what I would do to homebrew these guys, but I would put. These guys probably on the same level as either black or green. So they're probably somewhere in that vicinity. They're all of power. like in that like in that bubble. Yeah, I okay. would say, I would say that's where where browns kind of land. So um so yeah um any questions about browns and then I'll talk about like how I would homebrew them up real quick. So are they are they like living in a big cave? They're living in the desert. Are they just like chilling? Like they they burrow for the night or whatever. Yeah, they burrow for the night. Um, they live usually in either caves underneath the desert because it's fucking hot. Yeah. Like they're probably built for the desert, but it's fucking hot. Yeah. Everything so, that lives in the desert like seeks the shade. Yeah. So they live in, in like cave systems under the sand or uh, in lost, you know, human civilization ruins and stuff like that. Okay, neat. But if you're going to try and homebrew these guys up, I would uh, I'd probably use the brass dragon as a template. They share the same environment. Um, I replaced the fly speed that brass dragons have with a burrow speed. Now, to talk a little bit about flight. So brown dragons can't fly, but they can yeah. glide fairly well. And what they do oh. is they'll launch themselves up out of the sand, kind of like a dolphin would out of the water. Oh, nice. And then flay out their wings. And they can glide for like, I don't know, like five or 600 feet. So they can get wow. around. But yeah. yeah. So if they can get high enough, it, you know. It That's scary. That. It just flies over your adventuring party and like you get cascaded by like sand. Yeah. Like it rain. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. That'd be pretty cool, actually. Oh, it's so, in my armor. <laughs> oh, it's in my boots. So I would use brass dragons. I'd replace uh, fly speed with burrow speed. I'd give it tremor sense. Ooh. Because that's nice. something they traditionally get, and it makes sense. Again, they're essentially land sharks. Oh, that's the fucking um, thing from Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah, basically. It is that. Yeah, it is that. I'd reskin the breath to do the same damage, but make it a con save. And also, I would uh, have it knock the enemy prone. Okay. Which, let's take a, a minute here. And I, I don't remember if I said this in the original Dragon episode, but um, 
because I was looking at these dragons and trying to figure out how to reskin them, I was looking at like actual 5e dragons like reds, blues, and, and whites and all that. Okay. And I got to say, like, those monster stat blocks are kind of lackluster. They don't have a lot of interesting features, you know? The best thing they got going for them besides like their breath and like just the, the power of their attacks is their spellcasting, which is cool. But like hmm. none of these dragons have auras. None of the breaths have any secondary effects like I'm used to. Like um, so, so in these homebrews, I'm adding secondary effects. But I would even go as far as to homebrew uh, secondary effects onto the regular dragons. Okay, like I ongoing mean, damage or yeah, like slowing down for sand. Or, ongoing damage because Pokemon thumbs up. Yeah, sure, you could do. Yeah, you could do that. For this, I put knock prone because it just felt that's yeah kind of what I would go with. But yeah, that's brown dragons. Any questions about? brown dragons um no i mean they were talking about the breath weapon being like sand or acid why not both why not some quick sandy stuff that gets on you and kind of like hits you hard and then the secondary effect is like burn you yeah you could you could homebrew that i was just there were some legitimate sources that said hey they have acid breath and then others say no they have sand breath and i was just like well sand breath's more interesting so we're going with that yeah okay <laughs> but um but yeah so that's, that's it that's, that's all i got all right Let's move on to purple dragons. Purple. So purple. Purple dragons are also known as deep dragons due to dwelling almost exclusively in the underdark. Okay. Um, they're generally unknown to existing surface dwellers. We kind of just talked about this, you know. Um, basically, no one knows they exist, and anyone who says they've seen them is deemed a crazy person. You mean like a surface worlder? Do you yeah, mean surface like worlder? Yeah. Underdarkers, no, underdarkers no. no. Like these are probably the dragons. These are dragons to them. They don't okay. deal with any other kind of dragon. It's only only purple dragons oh, wow. to them. Yeah. So, well, don't dragons go to into the underdark sometimes to like accomplish feats, etc. Rarely, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. They obviously they're aware of other <laughs> dragons. Like, That's not purple, ah. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Okay. So um, purples are a very large variety of chromatic dragons, but they have an interesting build. They're very lithe and slender, and they have like both. A, it's a cat-like build, but also a serpentine-like build. So it's oh, the best way to describe this is like their legs are lithe and muscled and long, like a cat. But their body, kind of sitting on those legs, is really long and sinewy like a serpent. Oh, including wow. Including their long neck, and they have like a tapered head. That's even. like wyvern-y almost. Mm, kind of. They Honestly, you should look up, up a picture of purple dragons because I think they're one of the better designed dragons. And there's a lot of great designed dragons, but of the dragons we're talking about today, hands down purple dragons are the pretty best unique. design. Yeah. I, I, I immediately thought of like a panther, but just like extended. Yeah. And with a dragon face. And because they live in caverns, their wings have to kind of be adapted for that. So they have a kind of like a swept back wing structure. Oh, which cool. Makes it better because they because even though there's plenty of places for them to fly, um, these these dragons are kind of explorers, so they need to be able to get through tight spots. It's like a long cat snake with a like B twelve bomber wings on its back. <laughs> sure, <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> um, their scales are a dark amethyst color, and uh, again, they're quite agile creatures. That sound they sound really pretty, actually. The, yeah, they look really elegant. Like oh. I said, very well designed. Uh, one of the best, not just of the dragons we're talking about today. I, I would say one of the best designed dragons. Period. But yeah, so they dwell in caves, caverns, and tunnels of the underdark. Uh, where their bodies have kind of evolved to thrive. Uh, they never surface due to the fact that they, ha they have sunlight sensitivity, and they rarely leave the Underdark at all, save for when sometimes they decide to cross to the Shadowfell. Okay. We talked about this in the Shadowfell episode. There's a lot of uh, shadow crossings in the Underdark. All right. So um, it's it's very common for Underdarkers and Shadowfellers to kind of like cross-pollinate if you I will. like these terms we're using this episode like oh, I've yeah. never called them underdarkers well maybe I have I've never I just just what it's I not said a normal right now, like I don't want to say it. that and somebody be like oh in episode 82 or whatever you fucking said That's underdarkers we, we are getting to that point where there's so many episodes I don't fucking remember what I said like <laughs> I don't remember what I said last episode bro like are you kidding me it was a bit ago <laughs> yeah yeah see that's the thing I don't just sit down and like happen to know all this stuff like I have to do research all week so it's a lot of information I'm cramming all yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so sh yeah, what I say, Underdarkers and Shadowfellers. Shadowfellers. Cross-pollinate. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so yeah, purple dragons also like to be Shadowfell dragons. So yeah, that happens. So purple dragons are infamous for two particular idiosyncratic behaviors. Number one, they're master liars and manipulators. Okay. Um, they have the ability to use psionics to mentally dominate creatures. Oh, wow. Yeah. Neat. Underdark psionics. Yeah, yeah. Just kind totally. of a thing. They're incredibly intelligent, and they delight in mind games with both friends and foe. Um, rather than fight, a purple dragon would rather break down their enemy mentally before then, enthralling them psionically. Oh wow! Yeah, these are yeah they're they're maniacal villains. It's almost like a life tracker. It's like an extra sense in the underdark to be able to like spot life down there. It's like oh, I feel a brain. You know, that's a really good point considering that it's 
utterly black down there. So right. you can't fucking see. And like, sure, superior dark vision is nice, but that only goes out 120 feet. So That's yeah. Air pressure changes yeah. and psionic abilities. There you go. Smells. So, so don't yeah. don't fart in the underdark. Don't fart in the underdark. <laughs> so that's the first uh, kind of behavior that they have that's unique to them. The other is purple dragons are known for they have an unhealthy obsession with exploration. Or I don't know, unhealthy, but they have a, a very deep <laughs> obsession with exploration. It's just kind of what they do. You know, that's really an opinion based thing. Is, is, <laughs> is it? Unhealthy. I don't know, you know if it's detrimental to their life or the quality of life. You sound like but a they hoarder. Really like to do. I've been watching a lot of hoarders lately, and so maybe that's like it's cross, affecting it's me. crossing yeah. over. Or I should say, my girlfriend's been watching a lot of hoarders. I've been the victim been on in the, the side. Yeah, I've been. So uh, therefore, you watch hoarders. Yeah, I've been a casualty in the war. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, purple dragons. They love to delve into secret places of the underdark and are rarely found in their layers. They leave their layers for extended periods of times. So, okay. Um, they treasure discovering new mysteries and they delight in trotting. Upon lands that have been untouched for centuries. God, it's hard to get around the Underdark. It's probably that it's like so hard to get to a horde. Like it's already hard to get to a dragon horde. Now yeah, you can't see it. Yeah, their layers are, are really well protected and well hidden, but yeah, they're rarely actually there. So cool. fuck it. Um, purple dragons are also semi aquatic. Remember what we talked about in the Underdark? There's a lot of oceans. Mm-hmm. Um, well, purple dragons actually feed primarily on upon creatures in the sunless seas in the underdark you know uh albino fish kuatoa which i we haven't really talked about i think we've touched it yeah they're like crazy fish people from you know what they're probably loosely based off of uh hp lovecraft's like uh dig and cultists yeah okay we'll talk about that another day um they feed on aboliths because uh, we talked about this in the aboliths episode aboliths are are, they are brutal feed on aboliths yeah they eat them they eat them oh yeah. god i mean that's a big fish my dude i'm just gonna eat this like fucking 10 billion terabyte hard drive i know right oh that's true <laughs> but uh yeah even though aboliths are very impressive in their own right like they could fucking nothing on a dragon so yeah i know they're called like gigabytes and so on sorry <laughs> right so because of their two hobbies of mental manipulation and exploration purple dragons are always on the hunt for information uh, making them kind of information brokers in a way. Yeah, um, okay. Information on enemies or targets of a purple dragon. Um, Do they eat aboliths and gain their power? Is that what I'm... Th- like? No. No, no they're just food, man. <laughs> just like, it's oh, just food. Yeah, this database don't. has been erased. Yeah, it's gone God forever. Damn. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the, uh, purple dragons like information. Information on their enemies and, and possible targets or possible adversaries, but also information on new unexplored locations. If you can show a purple dragon a map of like a secret location people haven't been to, like that's their shit. They're into that. <laughs> like, hot damn, I can't so, see nothing, but I, I sure do like this map. <laughs> right. So any of this uh, inform- any of this information is useful if you're trying to attempt a negotiation with the Purple Dragon, which is a bad idea. You shouldn't be doing it. But if you do, you should probably have that, you know, in your okay. arsenal. Okay, nice. Yeah. Dude, have you, sorry to side rail again, but like um, Dragon Heist, I started reading like mm-hmm. through it because I, yeah. got, I got it for Christmas. And like, do you know what they're doing with an Aboleth in that? No, I haven't, I haven't looked at it. Apparently they shrunk one down to like statue size. It's like holding the information to get into this vault. Oh, Sorry, spoilers for anybody, but oh, yeah. it's in the front like five pages or whatever. For sure. But yeah, it's like, it's like yay big. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, like a tight, like a battery pretty much wow. size, I think. And they like, it's like holding the information it purged from somebody. So they don't like reveal the location of said vault, et cetera. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. intense, man. I was and like, just oh, carry wow. It with them? Well, it's like uh, sought after. Like oh, you got to get the thing I before see. you can get. I mean, it's the like stuff. having a smartphone. Just name it Google. Hey Google, tell me. Blah 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 blah. blah. Also, it's just a fucking <laughs> this monstrous creature's been oh, shrunk true, to the yeah. like the portable size. <laughs> also, like, does it still retain a lot of its enthralling abilities? Like, uh, I know it's small. Yeah, but, like... it's got some. Bu- it's got some of that bullshit going on. Oh, interesting. So interesting. if you, yeah. Okay, well, back to purple dragons. That sounds interesting, but this is a dragon episode. Yeah. Dragons so came up. let's right. quickly talk about the breath of purple dragons, which is actually a psionic wave. It's grape soda. <laughs> no, it's not grape soda. That's <laughs> hilarious. Um, no, it's actually a psionic wave that both uh, mentally does psychic damage, but it also dazes or stuns the enemy. Oh, wow. Um, as purple dragons age and they become like uh, ancient or elder uh, dragons, their breath can be used to dominate their targets. Oh, wow. And uh, just take full control and enthrall them. Make so, this yeah. wisdom save. Indeed. <laughs> Best of luck. So another ability of note is that they have an extra- they have extraordinary hearing. Remember, I was talking about how their bodies have kind of evolved to, to thrive in the Underdark. Yeah. Part of this is they have hearing that's so sensitive it can pinpoint sounds through rock and stone to like an amazing level of accuracy. What? That's awesome so it's not quite like blind sense or tremor sense but it's fucking close yeah it's like you're picking up the slightest vibrations yeah so don't fart in the underdark any questions about purple dragons no before? okay that was awesome 
Yeah, I think Purple the dragons Red are really cool. Probably favorite dragon of the day. Um, gray dragons might might be. A Do they? Would well. it be really cool? It'd be even cool if they had like a spider climb ability where mm-hmm. they could like walk on the ceilings. Yeah, this that'd be long cool. serpent. Just I would like, definitely give them a climb speed. I ooh. think that's that's fair. Which speaking of which, let's talk about homebrew. So if I were to homebrew these guys, I'd reskin the black dragon due to it being like the appropriate power level. Um, that's kind of where I would put them. Okay. Um, also, the black dragon's already amphibious, which works for the purple because the purple's also amphibious. Mm-hmm. Um, I would add advantage on all perception checks related to hearing because of the ability we just spoke of. And I would change the breath from um, a cone of as or from a line of acid to a cone of psychic damage, plus a save for stun. And then if it's an inked dragon, I would save for dominate. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Cool. So I like adding those extra effects on breath. It just seems right. So that's what I do. The flavor, though, is important to me right now because yeah. it's front legs. It probably like latches on and then it doesn't climb. It just swings its back end up above itself mm-hmm. and latches on with those legs and then swings its other side. You know, just yeah. like. That's how it's sure. Hell yeah. It's dangerous as fuck. Well, with that being said, let's take a short rest. Let's do it. All right. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however, you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode we're not talking about the last thing we're talking about. We're talking about spreading the dungeon love. Get your bread and your podcasts, spread us all over it. Let's go, let's go. We'll tell the people what they want to hear. I love them. Yes, <laughs> correct. Okay, <laughs> you're welcome, everybody. Um, there's some people that we want to say a real nice thank you to. Just mm, yeah, let's do it. You ready? I'm ready. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about these specific people. Uh, thank you very much, Janae Wilson. Thank you, Janae. What are we thanking them for, Brian? Uh, for becoming uh, new new patrons on our Patreon. Yeah, we really appreciate the support, folks. It really means a lot to it us. It really it helps does. Us keep the lights on here. Go see the updated bio of the Patreon page with updated tiers. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, thank you very much, Corinth. Thank you, Corinth. Uh, thank you, Varus Ellen. Thank you, Varus. Uh, uh, thank you, Mouse Kowitz. Thank you, Mouse Kowitz. That's a cool name. It um, it's cooler looking than it is sounding, but it's also <laughs> cool sounding. It might be. Ma- uh, Muskowitz? It's probably Mousekowitz. I think it's a reference to uh, uh, American, what's it called? Uh, American Tale with the mouse. 
Oh, Fifle. is it? I think his name's Fifel Mouskowitz. I might be wrong on that. Oh, shit. I think that's his name. Yeah. That'd be cool. Nice name. Yeah. Uh, and thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Or Scene. I know it's Sean. <laughs> thank you, Sean. Thank you, Scene. Um, <laughs> we are uh, incredibly grateful to you guys for helping support the show um, and going the extra step to do so. You support the show just by listening. You support the show by reaching out to people and telling them about the show wherever or however you do that. Um, we're big fans of you guys doing that. Um, you support the show by, um, you know, hitting the likes and subscribes and you, you guys specifically support the show monetarily, which, which means the world to us. We've been able to do a lot of projects, upgrade some equipment to bring you guys better product because of those people. So thank you guys so much. You're really helping the dungeon cast as a whole grow, um, by, supporting us um and i hope that we're uh we're giving back what you guys are expecting um there's a lot of cool bonus content on our patreon um but really it's just thank you guys we we just do that as we can um we really thank you guys so much for for reaching out on patreon and supporting us in that way um is it what else do we want to talk about you know what i think that's a good ending for this short rest all right let's call it a short rest let's get back to the show let's get back to the show Returned. Indeed, we're back. And we got some more dragons to talk about. Ah, oh, fuck yeah. I love dragons. <laughs> so next we're going to talk about gray dragons. Um, gray dragons are also known as fang dragons um, or sometimes stone dragons due to their appearance. Oh, wow. Okay, um, both cool. Th- At first I thought wolf, you know, like gray wolf, fang dragon. Yeah. I Here's the thing. They're called, like, they were originally called fang dragons and I, I think it's because they're very pointy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they're very, these are like the edge lords of the dragons, like appearance wise. <laughs> they look very edgy. They look like they were drawn by like a 90s uh, uh, comic book uh, okay, sure. uh, illustrator. Um, so yeah, they're, they're bulky, they're stocky, they're covered in bony plates and projecting spurs, oh my horns and spikes. Now, it's like, like the, I, the people that drew gargoyles, the TV show. Yeah, I guess so. Except for no, that had actually had a, like a really nice artifact. I was thinking like, like, like Rob Liefeld from like the early nineties. Like, uh, who's the illustrator of Spawn? Um, oh, I see. Tom McFarlane, I think his name is. I can is. see yeah, the like cape. Really yeah. edgy spines for days. You know, all dark and that, glowing red eyes. Spines, spines for days is like yeah. the descriptor, right? And that's definitely it. the gray dragon is spines for days. So, like, I don't know why they called it a fang dragon. They should have just called it a spine dragon. But again, this is the nineties, and it's we're going with edge and fang sounds much cooler. So mm, it does. Here we, here it we does. are. So uh, the ends of their tails are actually end in like bone blades that look like scythes. I mean, okay. they have scythes for tails. Hell yeah. Like, it, it doesn't get edgier than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, their wings are actually a little bit small for the body, making them incredibly poor flyers, but they can fly. Um, but the reason that their wings are small for their body is because they're just so muscular. Like they're incredibly well muscled, which is great for supporting their their leaps and lunges. Which I was gonna do. say, if you're a bad flyer, you're probably a pretty damn good jumper. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good jumper. It said the gray dragons are among the most physically powerful of all the dragons, and uh, they're they're noted to be masters of like physical hand to hand combat. Oh what? Yeah, they're just buff dragons. They're, they're just, just buff, pointy dragons. They they're just they are a living weapon. They actually walk on like brass knuckles yeah. they just they have like well, they like have like buff Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> bodybuilder style arms that yeah. they, they are their front legs like every part of them is dangerous <laughs> like not only do they have like teeth and claws and all that stuff and and a breath weapon but like every part of their body can be pushed against you to kill you that's dope yeah and they're buff on top of it so yeah and they're just so buff so they're a little ridiculous but I kind of like gray dragons are pretty cool they're yeah. asking you if you even lift yeah, exactly. That gray <laughs> dragon would do exactly that. Okay. So uh, the scales of a gray dragon have the appearance of like stone stone color. So anywhere from like pale white to dark gray serves as a great camouflage for the chosen habitat, which is rocky or craggy mountains and like dry gray wastelands. God, that's scary. You just like see the wa- rock wall like move. And, and you're like, yeah. oh no. Yeah. And then you're like, oh no, is it a is it a stone giant? Oh no, worse, it's a fucking edge dragon. Oh no, it's an edge, and then there's a scythe cuts through you. <laughs> Indeed, exactly, already <laughs> dead. Yeah. So, uh, so these dragons have a terrible reputation for having a, a violent and angry disposition. Um, they thrill in hunting and combat. It's really the only thing that motivates them. Uh, and most spend their entire lives stalking prey through their territories, always on the hunt for deadlier prey, always looking for a fight. They revel in the glory of savagely killing. 
Oh my gosh. Um, again, they're edgelords. Okay. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, needless to say, few gray dragons ever exhibit uh, the self-discipline required to reach the, the heights of power and influence that a lot of like chromatics like seek and, okay. and attain. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, too busy looking for fights to like exactly. really practice getting good at exactly. it. Exactly. And that's okay. pretty much pretty much it. Yeah. So in fact, this behavior makes attempting to negotiate with a gray pretty much a fruitless endeavor. Just don't do it. It's pointless. Uh, trying to bribe them with peace offerings or approaching them with like diplomatic intentions or or any of that stuff will usually end with the gray playing along for a little bit before just being like, all right, you got 24 hours to run as far as you can. And then I'm going to hunt you. And if I catch you, I'm going to eat you. Oh, and like shoot. there's just no, nothing you can do to get them to not do that. Oh, wow. Like it's just, it's hardwired into their behavior. So yeah, they're scary. They're, they're scary and they're assholes. <laughs> I would like, I was thinking about all the D and D I've actually played right now when you were talking about that scenario. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what I would have done if a dragon said that to any of my characters. I mean, yeah, I would have ran. I would have just been like, oh, yeah, okay, I'd be like, dude, <laughs> in Vault Raiders, I would have been like, where's the skyship? Let's go. Yeah, seriously. Have fun, asshole. <laughs> I know. Try to jump this high. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah. So they're, they're like that. Okay. So, um, okay. So remember I said in Forgotten Realms, like some of these dragons exist and some of them don't. And sometimes Tiamat's tied to them. Sometimes Tiamat's not. Mandela effect. Sure. And in the on the Forgotten Realms wiki, it talks about how uh, gray dragons were originally just called fang dragons and they didn't have a breath weapon. Tiamat decided to get involved and she actually ran some experiments on the species, transforming them into gray dragons, giving them a breath weapon. And then uh, once she did this to enough of them, she sent them on an annihilation spree to kill all the fang dragons. So there will only be gray dragons left. Oh, what? So that's some specific Forgotten Realms wow. lore on gray dragons. That's but pretty cool lore. Yeah. Like, I'm going to team match you up. I'm going to do, I'm going to do, team match just a mad scientist. Yeah, basically. A mad sex scientist. And, and yeah, she really, she's really into genetics. She's just a breeder. <laughs> oh, God. So, um, the breath that they were gifted with and the breath that they have in all other settings that don't have this lore um, is kind of this sticky ooze that coats its target and then burns like acid oh wow. so it's kind of like it's it's acid but it's more it's less or i guess more viscous it's more yeah. like a gelatin yeah that more burns viscous. you yeah more viscous yeah so greater dragons also have an affinity for stone uh as they age they gain the ability to petrify those via spells and oh, wow uh, when when gray dragons die they actually turn to stone Let's just lean all the way into these motherfucking rocks. Yeah, indeed. Okay. So if I were to try and homebrew this one up, I would probably reskin a blue dragon just because blue dragons are kind of bulky, um, good fighters. They have like a horn. High con creatures. Yeah, high, high con creatures, high strength. Um, I would say out of all the, the chromatic dragons, actually out of all the, the major dragons, both metallic and chromatic, it's the most like physically like. Again, like the blue dragon has like a horn and it's got kind of spines yeah and, yeah and whatnot and all that this is stuff. the barbarian of dragons yeah it really is this is the, the gray dragon is the barbarian of dragons for sure i'd spice up uh, i would add a tail attack um with with uh with uh, slicing damage yeah yeah um and uh i'd probably bake up a body slam action because you got all these spines you got to use them yeah <laughs> like an impact move of some kind like you were talking about yeah. yeah and then i would swap the breath i would actually probably just use the black dragon's breath it's okay. acid just say it's stickier it there just it just blows out a bunch of fucking rocks. Yeah, just cascading, cascading <laughs> just boulders. Breathe, it breathes boulders. Upon <laughs> you. I like that. It's, it's well, in line like with the, the brown dragon I, breath for sure. I would also like the concept of it having a breath that petrifies. That'd be cool. Uh, I mean, how petrifying is it when you get hit by a boulder? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> I just imagine like, what if it's just hit, like the you sand get hit dragon with a boulder? You never move again. What if these are? <laughs> <laughs> petrified what, <laughs> what if uh what if this is like the, this is a brown dragon that's just been like hardened by being underground mm -hmm. or whatever and yeah. now it's now, so it's, now a it's a rock, rock dragon so hey. instead of like vomiting up sand it vomits mm -hmm. up like you'll see it like vomit up rocks like big old rocks yeah that seems like not something i would do <laughs> but a, what i would do is uh the great dragon does seem like a dragon that would literally pick up boulders and then throw them at you <laughs> yeah you could do that too yeah, yeah. <laughs> it vomits them and then throws them is uh is the breath on dragons a recharge d6 um uh, i think it is yeah yeah um that would be cool if it like the recharge on it on a five or six is it like takes a bite out of the local like canyon wall mm -hmm. and like swallows a bunch of rocks so it can make more shit to vomit up onto you or i can see it, it maybe <laughs> it can uh take bites out of uh, the stone to like heal some hp 
Oh, wow. Cool. All right, well, let's move on. Is, I don't think you got any more questions about grays, nah. do you? Okay, let's move on to orange dragons. Okay. So when it comes to yellow and orange dragons, there's extremely limited source material. And by extremely limited, I mean one. There's one source material. Only one ever in all five editions. Wow. So I had to delve into that one. And that one doesn't really match up with a lot of other lore, but I'm going to do the best I can here. Um, what I found was a myth uh i actually talked about this earlier when it came to team at muhammad having a sister yeah it would team at slew the sister and one of the reasons given for the rarity of all these non-major chromatics is that team went on a genocidal murder spree and uh basically kill all her to kill all her sister's children so yeah fun so not a lot of orange and yellow dragons but let's get into it so orange dragons are amphibious predators they have the head and body structure reminiscent of a Komodo dragon in real life. Okay. Maybe a little alligator-ish, but they essentially they look like orange Komodo dragons with wings. Cool. That's not that an exaggeration. It, it, it looks cool, but it's that's like the, exactly what they look that's like. That's the only thing like Komodo dragons are actually missing in real life is like wings. Some fucking wings. Yeah. And a nice orange uh, pigment. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that and they're fucking huge as well. Mm-hmm. Also, Komodo dragons aren't amphibious, but these dragons are. I know there's a bunch that like live on the beach. They don't go in the water. Really. Yeah. They they just like to muck about in the sand. Yeah, yeah. As far as I know. But yeah. So orange dragons, um, aquatic. They have a, a, a long flat snout with thin sharp fangs. Um, spiked frills run down its back, and its claws are webbed for, for swimming. Neat. They make their layers and their general territory is. Uh, along jungle rivers and jungle lakes. They live in like really hot, humid, tropical stuff, tropical kind of environment. Yeah. Where they essentially hunt the waters like a crocodile. Nice. That's yeah. kind of like they're, oh, like a crocodile? You yeah. think you'd want to be more camo than, you know? I mean, yeah, they're orange, but they, they, don't, they don't give a fuck. I'm a dragon. I'm a dragon. <laughs> this is my Doesn't river. matter what color I am. Yeah. I, I've sneaking up on you is, doesn't need to be part <laughs> of the game. Exactly. <laughs> um, so not much is really said about the behavior, save for the fact that they're extremely territorial mm-hmm. and they have a propensity for cruelty. So they like to toy with their food. They never just kill and eat like maybe a brown or a gray would. They always play with their food and they make sure to torment their food to a point of misery before then eating it. Oh, man. So they're evil. Remember, these are chromatic. These are evil, nasty creatures. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Easily the most interesting thing about them is their breath weapon, which is a bizarre explosive compound. <laughs> it basically, it's kind of like the the gray dragon where it's like a gelatin that coats the target. But then uh, instead of it burning like acid, it will coat the target. And then after like five seconds or so, it will just fucking explode. Oh, no. And the way they explain this is it's this, it's this compound, but it's coated by their saliva. So it hits the target, and then when the saliva dries, oxygen hits the compound, and it explodes. Oh, man. So I think that's really uh, interesting and not something I've seen before. So I thought, yeah, there you go. Oh, God. That's literally all I have on Orange Dragons. <laughs> that's it? That's it. That's so all what, there is. What was the source material again? Um, What was it? Uh, Dragon Compendium Volume 1 for 3rd Edition. Wow, 3rd yeah. Edition. Yeah. And it came out pretty late 3rd Edition, too, because it came out in year 2000. God, uh, as we do this show, it's like... I keep seeing source material on like less. It feels like it's less interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like we're like, getting into more obscure stuff. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess we are. But it feels like this. Like people, this is called Dungeons and Dragons. Why aren't these fleshed out? You know. <laughs> yeah. Third edition. Like That's a long time ago. That was a long time ago. And also, like I was really hoping we'd get like a book, just like the Monster Manual, that would have um, all five of the major chromatics and five major metallics but all the five secondaries for both mm-hmm. all fleshed out just like the the mains um i wonder if wizards has happened. like a like a computer doc with like all these stat blocks like pretty much like ready to slap into a book and they're Maybe. just like waiting to wait until it's their time perhaps who's to say let's talk about oh wait reskin so if you were to try and homebrew this i would reskin a black dragon again it's amphibious probably the same power level. I think black dragons. How many might of these are amphibious? More. That so there's two. There's the Dude, brown and more gray. dragons are amphibious than not in this game. Yeah. Okay. Because blacks are amphibious, golds are amphibious. Uh, I think bra- not brass. Um, bronze dragons are amphibious. Um, I can only picture gold dragons in space now. Oh, really? of Bahamut. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Or like <laughs> by space, I mean like wherever Bahamut is. The uh, purple dragons are amphibious. Oranges are amphibious. Um, uh, what brown dragons are sand amphibious. Sand amphibious. <laughs> sand amphibious. There you go. So yeah, you heard it here. So there you go. Um, 
Anyways, let's talk about yellow dragons. Okay. Uh, yellow. I got even less on yellows, but I think they're kind of cool. So yellow dragons are really small, and they have a long serpentine body, and they fly, but they do not have wings. Okay. So they fly like a uh, like an eastern like dragon a- would. Oh, they just float. Yeah, they're like a lung dragon. They're they're they float like, like an Eastern dragon. They yeah. just they fill their lungs. They they have a lung that goes all the way down their serpentine body. Just well, like, I mean, they're called lung dragons. I'm not sure why they're called lung dragons, but they are. That's what Eastern dragons are called. They're called lung dragons. Oh, is that in reference to like the human lungs or the animal, I think like the lungs? It's of a, a mistranslation for the word long. Oh, I think they're long dragons. They are long, but that's just me guessing. I'm sure someone in the comments can tell me. So. Um, yeah, not only can they fly there, in fact, they're noted to be the fastest flyers among all dragon kind. Oh, they don't need wings. They're they don't need wings. An aerodynamic, streamlined flying machine. <laughs> Indeed. Wings are just in the way. Uh, they essentially look like giant yellow scale lizards with green frills that line the back. <laughs> they're looking at everything without wings, like, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of being aquatic, it said that these are, they dwell in coastal caves and they're also semi aquatic in nature. <laughs> Neat. Okay. That's kind of cool, though. I see, like, they're like, Going in and out, out of the water. into like yeah. an Ireland style cave, like the water like splashes up into it. Yeah, they live in like the the residual pools. Yeah. If you it's will. like uh, have you ever seen uh, Spirited Away? Yes, I imagine it's like Haku from yeah, Spirited yeah. Away. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. So these dragons are rarely ever seen due to not only just the fact that they are in fact rare, but the fact that unlike other dragons, these ones are so small and kind of weak, they must rely on their stealth and agility to survive. But they're yellow. But they're yellow. That's what you're telling me. They're the brightest color. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the coloring was more, it was almost like a brownish gold in the book. All right. But yeah, they're yellow. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they're, they're small, they're weak, they're stealthy, they're agile, they're fast. Um, their breath weapon is a cone of salt, which is fucking cool. Oh, wow. Um, what? This both damages and blinds the target. Like ocean spray salt. like Yeah, exactly. Oh, like and then, straight up sodium. Yeah, Get on, this in your eye, <laughs> homie. On top of that, the breath also encrusts the target, causing detrimental effects upon multiple breaths. So oh. one hit, you're fine. But a second hit, you'll start getting negative. So like your armor class or your saves or, or whatever. It's like killing animals and breathing on them to preserve the meat. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, the only information I can find on yellow dragons' personalities is the fact that they just have a vicious temperament. They're just nasty little fuckers. They're just some dragons, is yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, they're, they're just some dragons, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, for a reskin, I would use a white dragon because it's the weakest of the chromatics that we actually have stats for. Salt is like cold damage. Yeah, I would trade <laughs> Ice Walk for aquatic because yeah. they're aquatic. I'd okay. swap con and dex scores because... Whites have a high con below decks. These should be the exact opposite. So okay. just swap them. Nice. Um, and I would add like a blind save onto the, the breath. So, And I would probably change the damage type to, uh, I don't know, bludgeoning maybe? Yeah, I think bludgeoning sounds right for okay. a salt, salt wave. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's yellow dragons, my dude. Any questions on them? <laughs> Any agency, big plans? Like, you know how dragons are usually schemers? Like I said, the only information I have on yellow dragon personalities is that they have a vicious temperament. They're just mad as fuck. Yeah, they're just really angry. <laughs> Probably that their species is on the verge of extinction. Huh, because they suck? Because <laughs> they suck like, and because there's not very many Natural selection is taking them because yeah. they have, like, really bad attributes? Indeed. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, with that being said, I think it's time to get ready for a long rest. Unless okay. you got any more questions about dragons. Um, do I have any more questions about dragons? We're going to do uh, metallics again, right? We will. We will do this exact. We will do a metallic dragons part two because there are, are five, maybe even more than five. I actually have to relook at it. Uh, metallics that I'm excited to talk about. There's probably like based off of what we've <clears> done today, there's probably more than five metallic dragons. Yeah. I mean, there's steel. There's, there's the mains, adamantium. There's iron. There's mithril. I think there's even Orichalcum dragons. Like, there's a lot of metallic dragons. Okay. So we'll get to them. All right, sweet. Um, so uh, are we going to touch gem dragons? We will, one day. One day, okay. Yeah. This year? One day this mm-hmm. year? Or is that outside of the scope of the year of the dragon? Because I know those are really sure obs- yet. Those are really obscure. I really want to get into individuals, and like I already kind of was trying to put off these episodes until Wizards actually gave us something concrete mm-hmm. for 5e, but they didn't, and it's been so long, I'm like, fuck it, let's just talk about them, because homebrewing's not that difficult, and you know what, Dungeons & Dragons needs more dragons. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Uh, that, that's it for me. All right. Well, long rest time. So before we go, we want to talk about a couple projects that we want you guys to check out. If you're interested in what we do here at the Dungeon Cast, you might be interested in what we do at uh, TDC Plays, which is our video game ch- channel where uh, we sit around and we play some video games. It's true. All the things you said are true, including yeah. the things you said at the beginning and the end of the things you said. Gotcha. Do you like video games? Do you like Will and Brian? <laughs> oh, shit. 
<laughs> TDC plays. Fuse them together. Ah! Yeah, there you go. Um, if you guys are watching this on YouTube and you want to help us out, go subscribe there because we really want to get to a thousand subscribers for reasons. Yes, indeed. That would really be helpful. And uh, if you want to actually see us play Dungeons & Dragons, we also have a live play on the Dungeon Cast YouTube channel called Super Quest Saga where we play a space adventure. It's a, it's a futuristic sci-fi world. Uh, that's galaxy spanning, and we're using 5e rules. Uh, the characters are actually from a regular old classic medieval D&D game. They've now been time displaced into a futuristic world, and shit has gotten real. And that's it's a lot of fun. You should check it out. I'm I, a warlock. I recommend it. Yeah, Brian's a warlock. Uh, Josh Freeland joins us. He's a, he's a paladin, and Jake Casada also joins us, and he is a furbolg druid. And their their world's got rocked. They've got new gods. They new, got yeah, new gods, new, ways new to, powers, and new ways to be shaped. Indeed. Um, <clears throat> yeah. What is there? Oh, Discord. There's a link for our Discord below. Yeah, join the community. There's like conversation happening there pretty much constantly, and it's always really entertaining and insightful and cool. Yeah, we love to get in there. There's also a book club going on. Um, lots of cool stuff in that little part of the community. Now, um, what? There was something else. There's something else. There's something There's else. There's something else. I don't know. I think that was it. Ad space. Thank you to all oh. our sponsors. Um, we <laughs> have ads available at the front for future dates. Those have kind of been sucked up for a little while. Um, thank you to all of you who have been reaching out. We've also got um, short rest and... Uh, pretty much the ad space that happens after this conversation at the back of the episode. So um, if you guys are interested in that, please reach out reach out to us at thedungeoncast at gmail.com. Um, you can also find all our social media, The Dungeon Cast on Twitter at The Dungeon Cast mm-hmm. and on Instagram, The Dungeon Cast. Mm-hmm. And um, was there another thing? Uh, do yeah. we still have a Facebook group? No, I deleted it. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Facebook's on the on the. On I decided the... I hate Facebook. And okay, I don't care. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta re, I gotta <laughs> scrape those links. Uh, oh yeah. yeah that's okay, true. so, yeah. So I think we can call it a game. Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, thedungeoncast@gmail.com. Let's call it a game. You we'll guys have a good one. Later. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.